Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's great to be here, and I'm looking forward to this second half of a show that we started, I believe, last week. We did, and it was a great show based on the feedback from all of you. The show was on ego, so we're going to be picking up where we left off last week um, here in a second, but before we do, we have a few announcements. Julie, I didn't ask you prior to the show. Do you have any emails you want to read from any uh, uh, not, of our listeners? Uh, up here, just because I just got off a bunch of coaching calls, but I will, don't I will worry about jump it, don't in worry about if I see it. Yeah. No. Well, we have a lot of thanks to throw out anyway. So all of you who, uh, coaching clients in particular, who sent out um, video testimonials, thank you very much. We were nicely overwhelmed. And as promised, all of you guys will or should have already received your $100 Amazon gift card as our way of saying thank you for doing that. So those video testimonials will be appearing all over the place over the next probably week or so. So again, sincere thanks. Um, And if you'd like to send in a video testimonial as well, uh, primarily coaching clients, that would be great. We certainly will appreciate using it on our marketing. And remember, the benefit to you guys is that you will be able to have national exposure because you will be mentioning your name and your contact information at the beginning of the video. And then, um, yeah, ask your coach for more information on how to get that done. And we will gladly pay you $100, or rather, Amazon gift card for $100 in exchange for that. That is what we call an ethical bribe, a nice little bribe, a bribe that where everybody wins. So thank you for doing that. Um, and also, we've been re- receiving a huge onslaught of interest in our coaching programs, and I appreciate the interest in that. A lot of you guys are discovering that we are not a one-size-fits-all coaching program. And so as a result of that, and we're not trying to be like the Walmart of coaching. So we do often have wait lists for a lot of our coaching programs. And so you guys are sometimes frustrated because you can't get in our various programs. I want to announce that we do have openings for the Real Estate Coaching Essentials Coaching Program. And that's the coaching program that if you choose to use our in-house financing, our agent approval program, as we call it, it's only $99 a month. Okay, so that's kind of a no-brainer. And the other program that we are accepting new students into is the Breakthrough Coaching Program. The Breakthrough Coaching Program, depending on how, uh, you know, if it's a six-month program or a 12-month program, and if you use financing, that's $180 a month or $359 a month. So, I mean, I don't like to talk about coaching or pricing or any of the rest of it on our radio show, but we've been getting a lot of emails, and so you guys need to learn more about that. Um, Specific pathways uh, to find more information. Actually, I'll make it easier for all of you. Just email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com, and I will get you connected to the right folks to get you enrolled in one of our programs. So, number one, thanks for all of you who have sent in uh, testimonial videos. We received literally dozens and dozens of them. That was great. And number two, uh, there's information if you're ready to join one of our coaching programs. Just email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com, and I'm looking to see if there's anything else I was supposed to say. Oh, yes, May. In the month of uh, next month, we're going to be doing uh, the entire month on teams. As you guys know, we are advocates of having real estate teams. Julie and I had a real estate team back when we sold real estate. Um, 
but we are advocates of smart teams, and smart teams are where everybody's held accountable and everybody's basically uh, moving towards the same goal, but more importantly, where the person taking all the risk, the rainmaker, the team leader, the business owner, whatever you want to call them, is actually making a profit. And we call our training team training, but we call it smart team training. Um, it's not implying that there's dumb team training, because <laughs> I don't think anyone's trying to offer dumb team training, but ours is geared towards those of you who are actually thinking like business owners, thinking like entrepreneurs, and who are knowing that your goal in your business is obviously to serve uh, people at the highest level, but also primarily you have to make a profit for yourself. So we're going to be doing the entire uh, month of next month on nothing other than teams. So get ready for that. We're going to be announcing all of that, and that'll be, I know a lot of you guys are very interested in that. I do want to throw a caveat out there. You've got to really, really be careful that you're not seduced by the idea of forming a team before you've basically mastered the ability to list properties. Uh, Julie pointed this out yesterday when she and I were talking about this topic, and she said teams have become a place for people to hide, agents to hide. Julie, what did you mean by that? Well, I think that it's a place for agents to hide and sometimes even for team leaders to hide when they formulate, they hire, they, quote, develop a team, as you said, before they actually are specialists at all of the different elements that a team requires. So sometimes what I see is an agent who's doing fairly well will just get a little burned out, and so they decide that they are, quote, no longer going to work with buyers. Don't like buyers, not going to do it. You know, they're a time management nightmare for me, so I'm going to hire a buyer's agent. And they do that before they have a buyer presentation, before they know how to get a buyer agency signed, before they're a great negotiator, before they've worked out their lead generation without any lead follow-up scripts. There's no pre-qualifying scripts. And so they just turn out over all of their buyer lead flow, whether that's online or self-generated or open house leads, their buyer leads, go to the buyer's agent. Here you go. Now go close them. And then they get frustrated because their income actually drops due to the fact that they hired somebody who doesn't actually know how to bring that buyer business home. And if and when they do, they are giving up a piece of the pie. So now they've gotten themselves into a management nightmare because they've got to manage somebody on something that they're not themselves a specialist at. And it, it becomes this big spiral downward. Does that make sense? Well, and it doesn't end there, right? So then, oh, I got one buyer's yeah. agent. I might as well hire 10. And then they're all like little chirping birds in a nest, you know, where they're asking about basically, you know, I want more leads. The lead quality isn't very good or more leads, more leads, more leads. And then you're being seduced into buying leads for these guys. And now you're all of a sudden in the lead buying business for all these people that, if we're being honest, are just taking the low-hanging fruit off your lead tree and you're spending yourself into a black or, you know, into a deep, deep hole where you're not making any profit. So, guys, listen, we can talk forever about all the fallacies of the modern sort of team. It's kind of a fad. It is what it is. I mean, teams have been around. Julie and I were in real estate in the early 90s, and that's when really teams started to really truly take off. So it's not a new thing. People are talking – I mean, even on our beloved Inman, they talk about teams like they're a new thing. They're not a new thing, guys. They've been around for decades. Okay. Now, you know, it's not a new concept, but what is a new concept and what's happened is a lot of the original, I think, solid, you know, sort of e-myth type thinking that went into teams back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, that's been set aside with the idea 
that you know an agent can get in the business and they can put a team together and somehow magically and mysteriously they'll be able to pull a profit from it and that doesn't happen and you know that's the conversation that Julie and I are seem to be uniquely willing to have in the industry where we're we're willing to actually drill down and tell you guys hey listen these are the realities of how much a team leader will actually net per year we've done radio shows on that in the past um, I think that uh, you know, there's other people that are now talking about it. Pat Hyben, our friend, he talks about it too. The reality of it is, is most team leaders don't make much profit at all. And if their goal is to basically make profit for themselves, for the, you know, for the sake of reinvesting and producing wealth for themselves, if they're not really, really, you know, honestly, if they're not really paying uh, really close attention to how they're building and scaling their team, they're going to lose money. They're actually going to spend themselves into a situation where they're going to have massive financial problems, even though they thought they were following the right path. So, you know, we're, ta- we're taking a, a, a more of a balanced approach. We are advocates of you guys building your real estate practices. We're advocates of you guys delegating. We're advocates of you guys making lots and lots of money and helping thousands and millions and billions of people, right? All this is great. But what we are absolutely positively against is you guys doing this just for the sake of numbers, just for the sake of being able to say, hey, I sold 300 houses. Well, how much money did you actually put in the bank? Zero. You know, we are not advocates of telling you guys or coaching you guys towards building a business that's not going to produce profit. Because at the end of the day, if you're – uh, running a business, and if you're not making a profit, you're running a, non- a nonprofit uh, real estate practice, yeah. which, you know, will yeah, result in you basically going out of them. business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. So anyway, we're going to be talking about this this next month, it's, it's, and we're going to give you the specifics of how to scale it. In other words, how to add staff, who to add first, what to pay. Uh, you know, but we're going to keep it real. Yeah, we're going to keep it real. You know, educational, yes, motivational, yes, but honestly, really true and honest as to the numbers, what you, when you should hire, who you should hire, what they should expect to pay, and what you're truly potentially signing up for, whether that's a big team, a small team, a mini team. Maybe all you need is a transaction coordinator to make your life easier. We'll help you well, know how to yeah. make those decisions. And matter of fact, to Julie's point, a lot of you are going to listen to what we have to say. You're going to, we're going to tell you real-life stories. And then you're going to say, there's no way in heck I'm going to do more than what Julie just said. I'm going to, I can see myself having a transaction coordinator. Maybe I can have myself seeing, seeing myself having an assistant to handle work with my sellers. And that's about it. And I'm going to refer out my buyer sides and just focus. You know what? The most profitable real estate agents in the country, and this is a fact. You guys can, get, again, listen to past uh, shows, Real Estate Coaching Radio. All the top agents in the country, well, 99% of them, are either coaching clients or they've been superstars interviewed on our, our podcast, our radio show, this podcast, this radio show. So go to Real Estate Coaching Radio and listen to those shows. And here's what you're going to find. You're going to find that most of them don't have teams. You're going to find that most of them have a very you know, well-trained three or four assistants, and that's it. And they don't market themselves as the team. And they know that they're, you know, just all kinds of stuff. This is a huge conversation that's frankly been, uh, the whole team thing has been bastardized to a point where it just doesn't even really, it's so confusing. And so we're going to do our best to really clarify it. We're going to say some things that are going to make you guys, some of you, especially where teams have become somewhat of a religion, we're going to question or ask you to, you know, question the dogma so you can make the right decisions with a balanced approach to your business because ultimately, guys, you are running businesses. But today we're talking about ego. Ego is a very, very fascinating topic. 
and I, I think, uh, you know, Julie and I talked about this when we started this topic last week. It's an interesting topic because some people immediately shut it down. They just don't even want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it. They'll say, I heard it all. They say, I've, you know, I've already been exposed to this, all these types of negative responses. And that is the very definition of ego. So that's the irony of it. When you hear, like Julie's about to pick up where she left off last week, and what you're going to hear is, you know, if you find yourself wanting to tune out or, and, you know, not pay attention, that is the very manifestation of your ego. Because remember, guys, the thing the ego wants the most is its survival. The thing the ego wants more than anything is for you not to know that it's running your life. The analogy we gave you guys last uh, week was that the ego is like your old operating system, an operating system that many of us were born with, um, and that basically, for a lot of reasons, it was essentially made to be, you know, especially, again, there's lots of research that have been done on this, but a lot of people believe that about the same time we're adolescents, that's when the ego starts to really uh, come into full effect and start having detrimental effects on our, our lives. And it's, that's reinforced societally. You know, that's reinforced in a lot of different ways. But now as adults, you have a choice as to whether or not you want to allow your ego uh, to have that same mostly negative effect on your life. So understanding that the ego can be something that you can choose to allow this old software, you can choose to still run off that old operating system, or you can choose to add a new operating system. Remember, a new operating system doesn't just ditch the old software. It actually uses the old software and incorporates new code and thus makes a better you know, version of the operating system. And that's what we're asking you to do with this information. So if you find yourself shutting it down, not listening, finding it in any way offensive, that is a surefire sign that whatever we're talking about is something that you really need to hear. So, Julie, pick up where we left off. Yes, okay, great. And just a reminder, if you missed the first half of this podcast, you can get back into previous podcasts and get caught up because we're starting with – after you have accepted that you may have an ego challenge, we went through 12 different specific points. How do you know things like talking more than you listen, believing you already know everything? So go back and review that. Let's just assume that you're there. What are you supposed to do about it? Because we all have ego challenges. Of course we do. Maybe that's not every minute of every day. Maybe it flares up when you're busy, when you're stressed, when you don't feel well, whatever the case may be. So how do you tackle these challenges? Number one, eliminate as much as possible the words I, me, my, and mine. I, me, my, and mine. Those are expressions of ego, and that's a surefire tell that you have started to talk all about yourself. Just look at your language. You're not going to be able to get rid of that completely from your language. That doesn't make sense. But, for example, on a listing presentation, how many times, if I were to record you, do you say I, me, my, and mine, my awards, my success? They don't care about you. They care about the results you're going to get for them. So that leads us to point number two. Again, we're talking about what to do about these ego challenges. Talk less about your awards and more about how you can be of service. Again, they don't, I'm sorry to say, I think most of you guys are clear who have been around a while, they don't actually care about you. They care about what you can do for them, how quickly and how efficiently. So talk less about your awards and more about how you can be of service. In fact, we hear quite often that our coaching clients who have worked on this win the listing versus an agent who talks on and on about how they're number one and number one at this and that and all these other things because the homeowner actually gets a little turned off about that. So point number three, employ the Ford system of conversation. That's F-O-R-D like the car, 
Family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Take a second to memorize that. Family, occupation, recreation, dreams. Family, occupation, recreation, dreams. That tells you what to talk about. And when you do that, it gets it off of you. It helps you be fascinated with the person that you're in front of. Remember, they will forget what you said specifically. They'll remember how you made them feel. Ask them about their family, about their job, etc. That'll get you off of the ego. Number four, actually listen to the answers when you use your scripted questions. So some of you guys think that you have a script issue. You have a listening issue in some cases. Why is that? I'm actually going to do a whole show on this in the next week or two about how to have a better conversation, whether that's in front of a, a real estate client or prospect, or whether that's with your spouse or with your kids or somebody that you meet at a party. Listen for content more than you listen for how you're going to respond next. Now, that comes with experience and time and comfort with those conversations. But that's a really specific thing to work on with regards to the ego. Listen to their answers. If I were to ask you, how did that conversation go? Why are they moving? When do they have to be moved by? What's most important to them? You should be able to answer that. And when you're only thinking about what you're going to say, you're not listening to what they're saying. This is a learned thing, and you really have to get out there in the field and go on a lot of appointments where maybe you're not super comfortable to get good at this. So I'm going through these points kind of fast, Tim. Does all this make sense? Am I snowing well, them over I mean, with these ego points? <laughs> it's an interesting – your first point, I think, actually was really succinct with regards – and it kind of summarized the, the, the next three – uh, guys, pay attention. This is always a fun little, I shouldn't say fun, it's truthfully, it's painful and annoying exercise. But do this painful right. and annoying exercise. Count how many times you find yourself talking about yourself just for the rest of the day. So count how many times, or just pay attention to how often you use personal pronouns like I. Find out, and just, just ask yourself, just, just think about that for a second. When you're around somebody else and they're talking about themselves, and they're, you know, and they're basically, you can tell, they're just listening to you just for the sake, that, you know, for you to get done talking so that they can jump in and talk about themselves or talk about how they relate or all these other types of things that we just culturally have thought were normal ways of communicating. So here's your challenge. Stop talking about yourself. Just like you don't really care listening to people talk about themselves, you don't, you know you don't, you need to be very sensitive, especially when you're in a professional sales environment, that you don't talk about yourself, like ever. Seriously, don't talk about yourself ever. You know, you can maybe, you know, touch on something, but don't drill down on it. It's all about the other person. So what you do is you be very mindful of any eyes or personal pronouns, and then you ask a question about them. And Julie gave you sort of a good, some of you guys are, you know, not natural conversation starters, and I understand that. So start out by using the old, good old-fashioned F-O-R-D, you know. When you're running into folks, talk about their families. Everybody likes to talk about their families. If the family conversation kind of peaks, then move on to occupation. And generally speaking, you're not going to get much past those two. Uh, if it were to, then you can ask questions like, what do you do when you're not working? Where do you vacation? Where do you – that's recreation, then dreams. So even in the most, you know, awkward social environment with the most introverted – weirdo, you know, like Julie and I, you can still do really well 
with following FORD. And guess what? Here's the magic that happens when you stop talking about yourself and you learn to be a, 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 you know, a generally inter- genuinely interested in other people. You all of a sudden are elevated to a different level in their minds. Ask yourself this. When was the last time, aside from your coach coaching clients, right, because it's your coach's job to listen and ask great questions, but when was the last time anybody ever asked you questions with the intent of listening, with the intent of actually paying attention to what you said? I mean, wouldn't you love to have somebody like that in your life? Think about that. When was the last time you had a conversation with somebody where they really slowed down, listened to what you had to say, thought about what you had to say, and then actually asked the question that you know was clear that they were actually paying attention to you? Those conversations are so rare that you probably can't think of somebody. Maybe your mother, and only occasionally. Maybe your spouse or your significant other, but only occasionally. It's a rare thing. So if you become the person that is known, they don't see when folks come in contact with somebody who doesn't talk about themselves, who's a good question asker, who's a good listener, they are attracted to that person like a magnet. That person becomes in their lives somebody who's special because they showed sincere interest. This is a natural skill for all of you, but you've just gotten out of the practice because you think it's normal to talk about yourself all the time because that's kind of what societally people do. They just talk about themselves. They just try to draw attention to themselves. We've, you know, we're in this stage. It wasn't like this 20 years ago. You know, we're, we're at this point where for some reason it's not normal to have real conversations with folks. So if you want to really make yourself special, if you want to have that it factor that people all admire, you know, so-and-so walked into the room and everyone was drawn to them. This is the it factor. It's the ability to listen. It's the ability to ask questions and not talk about themselves. That all means you have to curb your ego. So pay attention to how frequently you use personal pronouns. Julie, point number five. Point number five, accept the fact that you will never know everything there is to know or be the best in the world. Just accept that fact. Some of you guys are always working towards that. You spend too much time and consternation on it. Replace that thought with always updating your knowledge and your skills and always assume that you're competing. Bring your best game. Almost all of you who were not licensed yesterday have an example where you thought you had that listing in the bag because, you know, you've been talking to them for years and you golf with them and they're your best friend, buddy, and whatever. And lo and behold, because you didn't bring your best game and you were assumptive and you thought, you know, you'll just get it off your personality, somebody else got that listing away from you. So keep an eye on that. Bring your best game. Assume you're competing always, every, every time on everything. Point number six, when you fail, and this is a hard thing to do because this is definitely an ego thing, when you fail, find out why and correct course versus blaming the other party. Coaches are hard on you guys about this. When there's a problem, we work with you to correct it so you don't keep on recreating it. Point number seven, apologize sincerely and properly. Again, we're talking about working on your ego. A real apology is a four-step simple process. Express remorse by saying, I'm sorry, I apologize. Admit responsibility. What is it that you did? Take action to make the situation right and promise that it won't happen again. That's how you apologize and actually mean it. Point number eight, listen, listen, listen. This is the theme on this podcast. Force yourself to write down what your prospect or client or friend or family member is actually saying. How does it apply to your ability to help them 
accomplish their goals. So listen, listen, listen. If you're having a listening challenge, force yourself to write it down. It'll help. Point number nine, be present. What is today about for you, your prospects, your clients, and your family? What is today about? Be present. Don't be constantly thinking in the past or the future. That's your ego trying to derail you. Be with them right now. What is today about for them? Point number Julie, 10. Julie, let's hover there. Go ahead. Julie, let's sure. hover there, okay? You got it. So, guys, we've done, we've done two or three past shows on the point that Julie just made. Telling someone to be present is like telling uh, Julie and I to become NBA basketball stars. It seems like it's such a, an incredible, like, from where you are to where you want to be. Like, I get the concept. Mentally, I get the concept of being present, but how do I actually, how do, I actually do it? How do I know what, how much more beneficial I would be in life or how much better of a life I would have if I could just be aware of how frequently my thoughts wander to the, uh, the past and the future? So I'm going to go back to this, guys, because it's really it's a critical point. When you're asking questions, when you're in a state where you're not talking about yourself, when you're not thinking uh, in terms of what you're going to – when you're talking with someone and, and your mind is going to what you're going to say, okay, those are all ego things. So if you can slow yourself down and actually force yourself to listen, avoid using personal pronouns, um, what happens is – and it's, again, this is a skill that all of you innately have. You've just forgotten how to use it. It's like, you know, your muscles need to be rebuilt. But what you'll find is that you stop having the thoughts that are about the future, about the past. Thinking about the future, about the past, and, and all these other sort of egotistical behaviors are the things, is the thing that makes life seem like it goes by too fast. Because if you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about the past, if you're not present with the person you're talking to, you know, truthfully, guys, that's the blessing of being a coach, is that when you're uh, on a coaching call with somebody, uh, you are present. And for that half hour with that coaching client, it is an incredible opportunity for you to really, as a coach, to hone in your ability to be present. And the more often you can be present where your mind isn't thinking about the future, isn't thinking about the past, the more alive you feel. Because guess what? You are present. Uh, your ego wants you to be fearful. So ego, in all reality, again, we've talked about this in the past, but your ego is fear. Fear is ego. Literally, the word fear could be replaced with the word ego. So anytime you are fearing the future or fearing the past, um, at all. That's your ego, again, trying to get you not to replace it as the operating system. When you're present, the reason you feel so much more alive is because of the fact that you are no longer living through and breathing through and seeing through the eyes of your ego. Um, ways that people can be present, you guys know these things, is in, honestly, in prayer, in chant, in meditation, some people actually can be really good at being present when they're uh, exercising. Um, you know, a lot of people, I know this might sound strange, but they're present when they're watching movies and things like that because when you're really into a good movie, you're not any place other than present. No, you're still not present in the sense that you would be if you were meditating because you're engaging with the movie. So your brain is occupied consuming the information that's out in front of you. Whereas in a meditative state, you're able to, you know, with a little practice, get it to the point where there is no other information and you just have this nice calmness where you're not thinking, where your brain isn't constantly going. What makes all of us feel burned out, all of us feel a little nutty, if we're being honest, is the fact that we have constant thinking that's going on all the time. Uh, and that, 
absolutely positively is a uh, modern uh, manifestation of ego. That thinking, the constant batting around of ideas, the worrying, all that, that is optional, guys. If you choose to use some of these seeds that hopefully we've planted over this show and the past show about ego, use those seeds and allow things to start to grow in your life that will allow you to start taking control of some of these random, you know, these thoughts and these fears and all this. And then what, again, we've given you some hacks, basically, some ego hacks is what we should maybe call the show, Julie, mm-hmm. where, you know, the use of personal pronouns, learning to ask questions, you know, paying attention to your own behavior. As soon as you pay attention to your own behavior, and you're starting to be introspective. That's, you're a shining a light on your ego. That's when you can start taking control of it. Uh, and and get, here's a little, again, those of you guys are really into this, which I realize is just a minority of you, but still, for those of you who are really paying attention, when you are in conversation with somebody and you feel, all you got to do is recognize it once. As soon as you see your ego manifesting once, then you have c- tremendous control and power over it. It becomes more voluntary. So when you're in conversation with somebody, if you feel yourself having this incredible need, desire to say something, that's your ego. So what I want you to do is just recognize it. And so when you have that incredible, powerful, oh, my God, this is going to change the world comment, whatever you're going to say, say, just look at it. Look at it as if your coach was looking at you having this sort of internal conversation about, you know, what you're going to say. And then you look at that and you say, you know what, that's my ego. There it is. There you are, you little bastard. Then you can decide whether or not you want to react to it or not. The ego is what makes your life feel not uh, sincere. It makes it feel like you're, that's what makes you not happy. You're e- you guys know when you go on vacation, which Julie and I haven't done in a while because we have a little tiny baby now, but you guys know when you go on vacation, everything seems so new, everything's exciting, you know, you're present. It's because your mind is constantly taking in new information. You're in a new environment, eating new food, around people with maybe different languages, around people that maybe look different. I remember the first time Julie and I went to Milan. You know, we, were, we felt like we were dwarfs walking around a bunch of people that were from the movie Avatar They were so tall. Well, in that environment, trust me when I tell you, we were present. You know, you remember that, Julie? Like that in Texas, too, strangely, sometimes. But Yeah, yeah. really, especially in <laughs> Texas where we live, well, everyone's tall. They're huge. So I guess everything's bigger in Texas, ha, ha, ha. But anyway, uh, the reason you bring up Milan, you know, all of you guys, or at least most of you guys, have been on vacations. Why is it that your vacations stick in your brains so hard why you refer Mm. back to it you have a scrapbook about it you have pictures on your facebook page about it why is it that those memories are so strong it's because you're present it's because you're frosty you're tuned in now some of that is survival mode because you're trying to get from point a to point b on a train in a country that you don't speak the language well i mean you can't be much more present than that you're trying to survive So that's in a good way that sticks with you. Now, what if you could create some of that and be that present with your customers, your clients, your prospects, your family? Could you be that present? Probably not, but you can at least get a touch of that by being aware of it. Last two points, and then we'll round the bend. Point number 10, always ask how you can be of service. If someone doesn't want your help or need your help, stop making it about you. They just don't need your help right now. That's it. That doesn't mean that all buyers are evil and all for sale by owners eat their young. It means they just don't need you. Stop making it about you. Point number 11, when in doubt, list three things you're most grateful for. That'll get you present very quickly and get you out of your own ego's way. When in doubt, list three things that you're most grateful for. I often do that on uh, coaching calls 
when the client comes to the call, oh, I'm miserable because of A, B, and C. Well, all right, let's stop that and list three things that you are grateful about. Every one of you can do that right now and use that as a great technique to get out of your own way. So, Tim, I've got to get onto a call with the coaches. Back to you. And that is great homework. You know what? Julie's last point was fantastic. No surprise, right? And so when you're in gratitude, when you're thinking of things that you're grateful for, your ego cannot be uh, the driving force in your mind. Your ego hates it when you're showing gratitude. It does. So here's a little fun experiment. Remember, we gave you guys lots of little ego hacks, right? We suggested that you pay attention to how often you use personal pronouns, pay attention to how often you're wanting to talk when you're supposed to be listening, pay attention to all these types of things. And Julie's last point was really powerful. Pay it, it start today, your homework from today's show, in addition to all those other ideas, is to say, uh, overtly send out, here it is, I'll make it easy on you, three emails to people that you're, uh, you want to show gratitude towards. That's it. I want you guys to send emails to three people that you're in gratitude for, someone who's done a favor for you, someone who's been an influence to you, someone who's been helpful to you. And here's the thing that's cool. When you're in that state of showing gratitude, notice how much calmer you feel. Notice how much almost instantaneously you feel happier. That's because your ego isn't running your life. So, again, we started out the original, you know, ego show last week talking about the red pill, the blue pill. Remember from the Matrix, right? One pill keeps you asleep, one pill wakes you up. This ego thing, breaking through this ego, understanding the ego is the most powerful tool to living a wonderful, complete, love-filled, God-filled life. That's the truth. And if you can, if you're willing to go down this path, and I know some of you are skeptics. I started the original ego show last week knowing that it wasn't going to be a thing for many of you because a lot of you guys will find these types of topics a little bit too weird. I get it, and that's okay. But for the, for the minority of you, you know, the old Chinese proverb, when a lesson is to be learned, a teacher will arise. I hope you will uh, take some of this information we gave to you guys today, allow it to germinate, allow it to grow into something magnificent, and choose to evoke change in your life. Now, a couple suggestions for further uh, learning on this. Um, I loved uh, Eckhart Tolle. You guys should check out his videos on YouTube. Go to the Eckhart Tolle YouTube video channel. If you've never been exposed to him before, especially if this is all a new topic to you, you're going to be a little bit Surprise. So Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, um, and also he's written a number of great books. His original book is a great place to get started. You can get it on audiobook. It's called A New Earth. It's been out for probably 20 years. Another fantastic uh, way to continue your learning. And also, coaching clients, pick this up with your coaches. Ask them for other suggestions of things you can be reading. The ego is something that has really no beneficial purpose in your life. It is old software. You do not need it anymore. You can have a richer, fuller, and I mean richer in all contexts, a richer, fuller life if you're willing to set aside your ego, if you're willing to see it for what it is, if you're willing to see that it doesn't want you to be truly alive, doesn't want you to be truly present, doesn't want you to be truly in a state of appreciation for what an incredible thing, what a gift from God this life is. So if there's ever anything we can do for you, you guys need uh, – to do nothing more than just email Julie or I directly, Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And if you guys are ready for a free coaching call, go to FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com, FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. 
Um, any way we can help you at any time, always reach out. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.